I'm Enoch Fossum. And I'm Austin Ivey. And you're listening to the What About Therapy podcast. What about therapy? All right. Welcome to episode 62. 62. 62. Um, good to be back. I, uh, yeah. Talking about trauma today a little bit and a little <laughs> bit of emotions. And I had a lot of emotions last week. Yeah. What so happened last week? I was supposed to go to Florida. And a little guy named Ian went through and destroyed the entire state. So um. That's not funny. We're sorry for those of you no, who are listening terrible. to Florida. That's not cool. My vacation is a lot less important than your well-being. So hopefully everyone's okay if you're listening from Florida. I really hope you're okay. I have a lot of people that I know and love from Florida. Yeah. So hopefully they're okay. I, from my, what I know, everyone is okay. But yeah, my vacation had to be moved from, to, from Disney World to Disneyland at the very last minute and it was cool. I've been to Disneyland in a while. It was still great. Was the time. Guardians ride is awesome. Freaking awesome! I, I was so bummed so that it cool, changed dude. the tower from the Tower of Terror, but I am not bummed anymore because it was so much fun. I loved it. Yeah, honestly, I think they need to change. Put Guardians in uh, Disney World. They probably get the will. Tower of Terror yeah. out of here. I'm sorry. It's been. It had a good run. It's yeah. Had a good run. It's not very fun. Yeah, it was <laughs> when I was younger. Like when rides aren't as cool as they are now, but they have like other yeah. rides to compare it to. And yeah, it's just... that's true. It's fun until you've been on Guardians. Exactly. And then like, it's like, oh, wow, like this is what it could be. Exactly. Yeah. Cause like I, I remember the last time I was even close to Disneyland, they were in the midst of changing it. And I was like, you got to be kidding me. That's my favorite ride. <laughs> and then yeah. like I'd heard people really liked it. And then I went to Disney World and they still had Tower of Terror. I was like, ah, oh, the best. Uh, yeah. But then I went to Disneyland last week on Thursday and we, um, we had a fast pass for it. Went straight to the front of the line. I was like, "All right, this better be good, or I'm gonna be pissed." And it exceeded my expectations. So, anyone who's a Disney person and you haven't been on that ride yet, yeah, I recommend it. It's pretty cool. Ten <laughs> out of ten. It's pretty sweet. I can see how it can be really freaky, though. I mean, you're just you're you're falling. You really are. You're like falling. way more than Tower of Terror, too. Yeah. Like you fall so many times on that one. Yeah. Like so many times. It's, it's just like random too. Yeah. Anywho, um, that was my trauma that happened last week, and I need to process that, and that's what we're talking about today. Um, really about managing emotions and processing them correctly, and what happens when we do it properly, and what can happen if we don't do it properly. Yeah. Um, a little bit of a cultural stigma behind processing emotions properly. Really anything mental health related. We've talked about that hundreds of times on the podcast, probably about how stigmatized it is seeking help for mental health issues. And yeah, it's gotten way better over the years, right? But it's still a problem. I think for especially people that don't see the importance of it. I think that's really what it boils down to at this point is people just don't understand how important it is to rely on professional help and like real helpful processing of emotions and trauma and mental health disorders. So the goal today is to talk about that and maybe destigmatize it, help you become more aware of the importance of processing emotions and help help you become more aware of what you can do, what happens when you don't, stuff like that. Yeah. And we're also, so we're going to be talking about processing emotions. This is also going to be about processing, like even just experiences, things, traumatic things that you've gone through. We, We need to process all of those and there are two ways to do it. A helpful way or an unhelpful way. We've talked about several times. There's not necessarily a wrong way to do things. There's just a helpful and unhelpful. And so look at it this way. When you get, when you go through a, an experience that has, um, makes you experience very strong emotions, whether that be trauma or maybe even you, you just feel sad or you just feel depressed. 
that look at that as like you get these little cuts or little little broken bones. Austin and I were talking about this just before we started recording. We're like, we just need to talk about this on the episode. <laughs> just hit record. Just hit record. <laughs> so if you got a really deep cut in your arm by a machete, that happened to me. If you're listening, <laughs> if you did that to me, you know who you are. <laughs> oh, that's funny. I forgive you. Um, but so if you get a deep cut on your arm and you're like, dude, I've got to go to the hospital. I need to go see a doctor. You're not like, you don't tell that person what, like you're weird. What's you're, wrong with you? Yeah. What's wrong with you? Why are you going to a doctor? And you may think, oh, I of course no one does that. That's silly. Rightfully so. It's stigmatized to ignore going to the doctor. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But that exact thing, that very thing happens when it comes to your emotional well-being with therapy. When someone says, yeah, I'm going to therapy. I'm seeing a therapist. Our immediate reactions a lot of the times are, oh, like, you have something wrong with What's you. What's wrong you're, with this you're, guy? <laughs> yeah. You're weird or you're hide crazy. Hide your kids, hide your wife, and hide your Exactly. Just things like that. And it's just, it's so silly. And it is a stigma that is slowly getting more watered down, kind of going away, but it's, it's still an issue. And so moral of the story, and then we'll finish the episode. Just kidding. The moral of the story <laughs> That's it. is if you do get these emotional wounds, these emotional cuts, the helpful way, one of the helpful ways to heal that wound is to go see a therapist especially if it's if it was really traumatic for you go see a therapist and that would be like you're going to go see a doctor to get that wound stitched up and yeah i mean that's really all 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 i have to say about that (laughs) (laughs) the other thing that we had talked about before the podcast started is like you brought the wounds and the cuts and things like that it's very normal to just go to the doctor get stitched up and you're fine a couple weeks later no one questions it it's it's highly encouraged and again rightfully so like if you have a cut go to the hospital get it fixed right um let's say with the emotional trauma um think of it as a broken bone like a broken foot for instance or a broken hand yeah something that's a little bit more menial like maybe you can't put a cast on it um like a broken i don't know something you typically don't put a cast on maybe a broken nose i don't know um that you can leave it and it will heal on its own like a compound fracture on your leg that's not going to heal its own but <laughs> let's go to the broken nose for instance right. it, yeah. it will heal on its own um it will get better it'll hurt for a long time but the thing is it'll never be the same it will not heal properly it'll just heal in some way and that's very similar to what happens when we go through emotional trauma emotional pain um it will heal on its own to a certain extent with time the same as a broken nose but Big old butt. <laughs> Nicki Minaj, big. Um, <laughs> it won't heal properly. It will never be the same, and you'll feel the pain from that broken nose for the rest of your life. It will, yeah. quote unquote, look weird <laughs> in, the, in the way that you won't feel the same. You will never be the same your entire life. And it'll be that way even if you do go to therapy, even if you do yeah. process it. Yeah. But you see what I mean, though? Like it's not going to heal properly and it will cause problems for the rest of your life and you'll never really know what it would have been like otherwise. Yeah. It'll be like the drawings of a uh, Flynn Rider entangled. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just yeah. never seem to get his nose right. Exactly. That's, that's what it'll be like. It'd be like him. It'd cause you problems. Yeah. And the, 
the other analogy that I love to use when we were talking about this, and we've talked about it before too, that yeah. if let's say you were, I don't know, you're getting something out of the fridge. I use the like the example of a cheese stick because I eat mm-hmm. a lot of cheese sticks. I, mm. love, yeah. I love them. Mm. Such a good snack. And um, if I were to drop it on the floor, that's analogous to emotional trauma. Mm-hmm. Something hits the ground. Something crazy happens. You you lose a loved one. You lose your job. Um, something happens that for you is emotional trauma. Let's equate that to dropping a cheese stick, which seems oversimplified, <laughs> but that's stick with me. Hits uh, on the stick. ground. Ha, cheese stick mm. with me. Hits the ground and you can do one of two things. You can pick it up, brush it off and eat it, pick it up, throw it away, get another one. Or you can shove it underneath the fridge and pretend that it never happened. Yeah. And that's the equivalent of what a lot of people do, myself including, that I've done with my past emotional trauma. You shove it under the rug, you kick the ice cube underneath the, the fridge. Yeah. Just forget about it. Yeah. Like, uh, it's taken care of out of sight, out of mind. People yep. do that a lot with their emotional trauma. But what will happen, no matter what, especially with that cheese stick, is it will mold. It will probably attract ants and other unsavory things, and it will smell bad. And that's going to come up at some point in the future, and you're going to be like, what the heck is that smell? Like, I have a clean house. I What is going on here? This is so unexpected. Why am I smelling this cheese? <laughs> like, yeah. You don't even know that it's cheese. You just yeah. know that it's a terrible smell. The equivalent of that is with our emotional trauma. We shove it under the rug. We forget about it. Pretend that it doesn't exist. That, oh, I'm fine. I don't need to process this. And then we hide it, put it away. And then over the years, it grows mold. It gets all, I almost said cheesy. It gets all, <laughs> I mean, that's a good. I mean, blue cheesy. It gets all blue cheesy and disgusting and yeah. smelly. And you're like, what is this? Why does, why does metaphorically, I, why do I metaphorically smell so bad? Like, what is going on here? And you have no idea what it is because you shoved it under the rug and, it's going to require maybe a little more work on your part to take care of that mess. And I don't mean to be like fear mongering or like scare anyone, but that's, that's what we risk when we ignore our emotions, ignore our trauma. Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to talk about some ways that are unhealthy to deal with emotions in general and trauma, just things like that. And things that we can also do that will be more on the helpful side as well yeah so getting right into some of the unhelpful um we're pulling from an article also by the mentalhealthamerica.org great resource for any mental health like resources of articles videos stuff like that i've been on it before for a couple of my classes it's a great reputable source or it's not like a dot com everything is vetted and i think peer-reviewed so it's really good stuff but the article name is helpful versus harmful ways to manage emotions and they talk about a few things that are very harmful when it comes to managing our emotions. And so I'm going to go over the first two if you want to go over the next few after that. Yeah. Yep. So the first couple, um, the first one is denial. And that's pretty common with people when they experience trauma is to deny, to deny that it's happening. And most people know what that looks like. You outright deny the fact that you have trauma or are struggling. And that could take the, a lot of different forms. It could be outright like, I'm fine, I'm okay. It could also go into the realm of it is what it is. Um, that type of like contentment that can be helpful, but if used in the wrong way and too much can be very hurtful because that's acceptance, right? But like acceptance can go a little bit too far to where you can accept the fact that it happened and you never actually truly process it. You just ignore it. Exactly. Acceptance can very easily go into ignoring. So that's denial. Um, withdrawal is the second one that they say is a very unhealthy coping strategy for emotional trauma, emotional problems. 
And this is when you withdraw yourself from things that you love, from people that you love. It's going to be very hurtful for you because, as we talked about before on the podcast, we are designed to experience life with other people. We're tribal, we're pack animals, and we're designed to experience life with another person or with other people. Shout out to Shu Jansen. Shu Jansen, if you're listening, thanks for you. <laughs> um, and it's and it's that withdrawal is a weird feedback loop too, because right. when you get depressed, when you go through emotional trauma, you the first thought is to withdraw so you don't spread. It. This is me. I can always talk about me. You don't want to spread that to other people. You don't want to be right. a burden on other people. That makes you more depressed, more anxious, and more withdrawn. The more mm. that you withdraw. Mm-hmm. And so it's a loop that feeds into itself. The more that you withdraw, the more that you will withdraw. And yeah. the more that you will become more lonely. And the more lonely you are, the, the lonelier you will feel. Well, that's really silly to sound like yeah. that's what happens. And so that's why withdrawing yourself is so dangerous. So you need to do the exact opposite and stay close to those who you love. Right. And I mean, there's nothing wrong with going into your room by yourself and trying to process these emotions that you're going through. There's all, it's all about balance. Right. If you spend too much time alone and just start to ignore people and not put yourself out there and try and seek help from other people, then that's when it can become a problem. So we're not saying that, oh, you can never be alone and process your emotions because you can. And that's a really important part, especially healthy. Yeah. Right. Especially for me, like, and Austin, I'm sure same for you too. Like like being alone is a, it's a big thing for me. Same. And I, I really enjoy being alone. I know it sounds kind of funny, but I, I enjoy spending time by myself and being able to think through things by myself. And then once I've been able to... <laughs> Zuko just coughed. You probably didn't, you probably didn't hear that. But, that was really funny. Um, but after I'm able to process things and think about them myself, then I'm able to go to others and ask for help and talk about what's going on. Yeah. So there's there's a balance there. It's the putting the air mask on yourself before you do it. Exactly, people. Like, yeah. For me, same way. Like yeah. In high school, I'd go on a hike, I'd go on a drive, process it. Withdrawal means that you long-term and unhealthily separate yourself from the people that you love and from the groups that you find support in. Yeah. The next two here are bullying. Interesting Just one. don't do it. Don't bully. Don't be a bully. I will honestly say that bullying is the stupidest thing anyone could ever do. Like, I will say that yeah, plain true. and clear that there's never an excuse for it. And there's not even a perceived benefit of it. Bullying is the stupidest thing anyone could ever do. So if you're doing it, stop it. I like that advice. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, if you are doing it, then that can be a sign that you're trying to cope with something that you haven't processed before. Yeah. Because we... There are like plenty of shows nowadays about bullying and how people bully because they they have things going on in their life that they are also struggling with. So bullying is the way to cope with that and to get over those feelings, to ignore them by hurting other people. It's Billy and Stranger Things. That's right. a like, perfect example. Like yeah. in season three, he, he got abused by his dad, trauma from losing his mom. Right. And then he bullies and is a, a terrible person to other people. Right. So... And so if bullying is something that you do, that you do struggle with, I'm sorry. Like there's something that I'm sure you have gone through that's, mm. that's really hard. And that's something that you can get help for. And that doesn't mean that you need to go 
let it out on other people. It's still not a good excuse to go bully other people if your dad was abusive mm. or if your mom was abusive. Like, I'm sorry, that's that's really hard, but that's that still does not give you an excuse to go and let it out on other people. Yeah, daily. your trauma is extremely valid, but you're doing a terrible thing and you need to stop. Yeah. that's like, Two things can be true at the same time, and especially in that case where you need to be very aware of the effect you're having on other people because of your trauma. Yeah. Because you don't want to... <laughs> But trauma on other people yeah. and just perpetuate more trauma. Right. Don't be Billy. Don't be don't be bully Billy. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll just I'll just do these last two. So there's bullying yeah. and then there is self harm. I don't know how much self well, we've talked about self harm on the podcast a little, bit, a little yeah. bit here. And that, that's something that we'll definitely talk about in the future. Uh, the article says here gives a couple examples. They can take many forms, including cutting, starving oneself, binging, purging, or participating in dangerous behavior. Many people self-harm because they feel like it gives them control over emotional pain. So especially if you feel like numb to your emotions, this is why a lot of people do cutting or different other versions of self-harm because it it allows them to feel something Mm -hmm. that in other ways they wouldn't be able to. Yeah, it's diff- yeah, it's perfect way to put it to feel something when yeah. you otherwise aren't are feeling pretty pretty numb to the world. Yeah, the last one here is substance use. We've talked about this probably the most out of all of these on the podcast. Really, yeah. nothing else to to talk about that. I mean, substance use is just a way to cope and um, hide your emotions that you're going through. It's pretty popular too. Like so, we've talked about yeah. it before. How alcohol is almost yeah. encouraged when it comes to emotional trauma. Like you're going through something, just go to the bar. It's very it's normal and almost encouraged in this country, and we can go back and listen to previous episodes, but it's right. it can be one of the most harmful things that you do to process your emotions. It can have an opposite effect and make things worse, like any of these, but right. substance abuse is just very popular. Right. A very popular, unhelpful way to cope with your emotions. Exactly. So now we're going to just jump into a couple things that you can do to cope with emotions or to process trauma. Yeah, I love scrolling down in the article. There's a heading that says, if you're having trouble thinking of ways to help yourself, try one or a few of these things from this list. And there's some really good, like, self-help, no, self-care, more like self-care yeah. Yeah. suggestions. And I wanted to read a couple of them because they're yeah. um, the first, like, heading or subheading on this heading is Mind Boosters. It says, read a story of someone you admire, watch a funny YouTube video, play with an animal. I want to do an episode on like emotional support animals because I read some stuff in one of my school classes on emotional support animals and it's really compelling. I love animals. So anyways, watch a movie you loved when you were younger. The nostalgia factor. You got to love that. Watch some Star Wars. Lord of the Rings. I love this next one because Dr. Jordan Peterson is really big on this one. Reorganize your room. Reorganize. He talks about how beautifying a room and beautifying your house is a way to organize and beautify your life. That's and it's like an outward expression of your inward experience type of thing. Yeah. And so, or disorganized house, disorganized life. That's kind of the the philosophy behind it. it, And so, by reorganizing your room, you can reorganize your life a little bit and maybe focus on something that's tangible. Take your not take your mind off and avoid your pain, but to healthily transfer some unhealthy emotions into something more productive, like reorganizing your room. So I really like that one. And then the last one is make a list of places you want to travel. Just to focus on something that... I like the, all of those because it focuses on something you care about without completely avoiding the trauma. It's a good way right. to start to healthily cope with something. Right. 
Uh, these next ones, you have address your basic needs. I think this one actually is really neglected. Absolutely, it when is. When you learn to cope with emotions and start to process them. So a couple examples are eat a healthy snack, drink a glass of water, take a shower or a bath, and take a nap. That's my favorite one. I love take taking a nap. naps. Yeah. When I can take naps. Sometimes I can't, but anyways. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, so I mean, like this is really neglected. We tend to... I don't know if it's neglected because it's just so simple and we just, I don't know, it, we just don't think about it because it's our basic need and it's just something that is just that. It's a basic need so we don't think about it often, you know, especially when it comes to dealing with stronger emotions mm-hmm. and and things like that. We don't, we tend to just neglect the basics. I mean, like think about it, like I mean, I haven't lost a loved one recently for a long time thank heavens but i remember looking back to the last time i lost a loved one like grief is a very strong emotion that i don't feel ever gets processed correctly by most people yeah those are four things that always get neglected when you're processing grief that i've noticed in people in my life like eating you just forget to eat completely like so eating healthy snack that's a big one drinking a glass of water the last thing you're going to think about when you're losing a loved one is staying hydrated but that's right. so important to maintain yeah. just like physical health and like taking a shower and or taking a nap like the people that I've known that have lost loved ones that have gone through significant amounts of grief, they don't take care of themselves at all. They don't shower. They don't keep up on hygiene. I mean, who can you blame them? Like it's right. so hard. Yeah, absolutely. But it's so important to do those things to maintain a normal pattern of living. Right. So like I love those things as well. Yeah. I mean, if your body is is out of whack, your homeostasis, it's just going to magnify your emotions and make it that much harder to actually cope with them and to deal with them if you are not hydrated or if you are sleep deprived, mm-hmm. you know, things like that. It's going to make it worse. It's going to put a magnifying glass on your problems. Right. Yeah. Right. Going to the next heading. I love these, a few of these and don't like a couple of them. Yeah. I was going to so say, I don't let, agree with some of these. Let's, let's read them just in case. Yeah. First way to process your feelings, actually starting to do the processing is to draw how you're feeling. I love that one because it can be hard to contextualize what you're actually feeling. So drawing it with like just a color, or like yeah. just picking up a pencil and like drawing a picture of how you feel. Yeah. I think that can be really beneficial for you to understand yourself. Right. Next one is make a gratitude list. I think that's great. It turns your focus to something really important. Yeah. I mean, this one's been scientifically proven to actually help. So it's a, that's a big, yes, yes. Make yeah. a gratitude list. If you're really experiencing trauma and a lot of emotions, focus on gratitude by making gratitude lists. That's a really good way, good place to start after yeah. your self care needs. The next one we both don't agree with, and I can speak no. for Enoch and say <laughs> it says punch a pillow. There's a lot of newer research, like correlational observational data that like when we release our anger in things like punching pillows, punching, like doing kickboxing and stuff like that, in the light of doing so to relieve stress and relieve emotions, it um, can have a rebound effect and it can have the opposite effect. Because yeah. you think, oh, it feels good. You know, I'm expressing right. my emotions. But are you really? You're just getting angry and punching something. And that creates an unhealthy pattern of, okay, when I'm angry, I punch things. Yeah. When I'm sad, I punch things. Right. What if there isn't a pillow around? What if it's your What if it's your spouse? And that's a dramatic yeah. version of it. Right. But that is the path that you put yourself on when you focus on punching things when you're angry. Because you can't always punch something when you're angry. If you're out of Chili's and you get angry <laughs> at the waitress, you can't punch the waitress. But you can... You can punch your slider. You can make a gratitude list your on your napkin. You yeah. know, like you can't punch <laughs> something always. So I highly disagree with this list. Don't punch a pillow. 
nope, don't punch anything. Yeah, angry. don't punch. And we've talked about that on um, few. Yeah. Uh, how to process anger. F E W W. W W. Yeah. Yep. If you and star, we've talked about that. Go back to those episodes and listen Shout to that. To if you want more, uh, yeah, for real. If you want more info on that, uh, this one, eh, still not the greatest as scream better than punching. Yeah. Better than punching. I mean, sure. There, there may be times you just need to scream, let it out, but don't make it a consistent thing. Yeah. If you, if you're angry, you need to process emotions. Don't just go scream every single time. That's, that's no, 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 no. Yeah, because it, it's, it's just not helpful. I mean, if you think about it, it's just not. Like like Austin was saying, it's programming your brain to scream when you're feeling stressed or when you're feeling angry. And yeah, you get not con- very helpful. You almost condition yourself. Like yeah. angry equals scream. Like right. stimulus to response. And I don't think we want to be playing with that because the next one is let yourself cry, which is a good thing because I that is that very normal. Yeah, It's very, it's been... I believe causally connected to better emotional states when you cry. Absolutely. Um, because the, when you hold in, cry, hold in, cry. <laughs> when you hold in your cries, when you hold in your I guess, feeling you to know, cry. Just hold back your tears. You're literally holding back your emotions. Yeah. You're literally, literally bottling literally. them up. And you could say yeah. the same thing about screaming. You can make that argument, which, okay, but crying is, it's an actual, like, it's built into us That's to cry. That's why crying is created, yo. It's a it's an Literally. evolutionary trait. It's yeah. really interesting how babies are designed to cry like out of the womb. Like they're designed to cry when they need something to show that something is wrong. Yeah. And that doesn't change as we get older. Yeah, we learn how to communicate. We learn how to talk. But it's still a really basic way to show that you're hurting and something is wrong. And to let that out and let those feelings come and go as they please. And I think it's a... That's something, especially for men, that needs to be destigmatized. That crying is okay, and crying can be a really good way to just express your emotions freely as they flow through you, literally through tears. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, I could be totally wrong on this. I may have heard somewhere, I'm not exactly sure, where in in your tears, like the the water, the salty water that comes out, there's actually, um, I don't know if it's cortisol itself, but stuff that actually is released from your body that's that causes the strong emotions, hmm. you know? And so it's literally just kind of leaving. I'll have to look into that's that. That's really interesting. Yeah. I don't know where I heard that from. At actually. the very so, least, you can look at it as, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? As an analogy of it leaving your body, sure. even if it yeah. actually isn't there. Like you can think right. of it that way and like right. imagine those feelings. That's a really good meditation mindfulness exercise. As yeah. you're crying, imagine all those painful feelings coming out with your tears yeah. and really allow yourself to just, as Russ Harris says, Allow your feelings to come, stay, and go as they please. Yeah. And that allows yourself to live in the moment rather than trying to control your situation. Yeah. So and, I think crying can be really helpful. And that, I think that is another thing that's just so stigmatized is crying, especially for men. Like you're seen as a weak, a weak little guy if you cry. And there are so many studies done on crying that shows the benefits of crying and how when you hold back your emotions and try not to cry it's literally draining energy from you to hold it back yeah and we've talked about this i don't know uh a couple episodes ago how we talked about uh, that episode we talked about willpower how when you hold back tears constantly that actually drains your willpower to make better choices in the future Hmm. which is interesting oh yeah we talked about um that study where they had people hold back their laughter or something yeah. like that yeah. um, in a movie. Very interesting stuff. Yep. 
Um, we are running out of time here. I we're doing this call and or this call, <laughs> doing this <laughs> podcast on our lunch break, and I have a a meeting set we up in about going. five minutes. So yeah, because maybe we can go through the like the headings that are like because sure. the the following headings are just some more ideas for you to to process your emotions. Yeah. The next one is problem solving. It talks about making a list of problems to solve, list, listing your strengths. And if a person is upset, you go to them, talk to them about it. Yeah. Um, next is volunteering, focusing on doing acts of kindness. I think that's an amazing um, idea to focus on other people, to um, to heal inward. It's hard to, to look inward. To heal inward, I think you need to look outward and help other people. I personally believe that. Yeah. Not from like a therapy standpoint, but from like a personal experience standpoint. To heal yourself inward emotionally, you need to kind of focus outward. Yeah, to a little a bit of both. Like a little it's bit not of both, just neglecting yeah. yourself, but it's also <clears throat> not neglecting others. You need either. to find a middle ground. You can't just be focused on yourself the whole time, right. and you can't be focusing on others the whole time either. Right. Um, the next one is find hobbies and stress relievers. We had a whole episode about that <clears throat> and um, relieving stress. So find a good hobby that suits you and um, focus on doing it as much as you can in healthy ways, not as an avoidance technique, but as, a, as an enjoyment technique. Yeah. And then the last one, the last two here are relaxation exercises. That would be things like mindfulness, meditation, um, yoga, things like that. Things that just keep you grounded to the present moment through like guided breathing. Great resources for just feeling in the moment. And then the last one, one that we will always advocate for no matter what is ask for help. And I think you should look for help in any way that you can. Don't rely on your family members to be your therapist, but involve your family members in your healing process because if they're your family and they love you and you love them, you're going to want them to know, right? I, I would yeah. hope so. And right. again, don't treat them as your therapist because that's not, that's really inappropriate to expect them to do that for you. It's not fair for them to, for you to expect that. Of them yeah. Either. It'd be like going to your dad with a broken leg. Like dad fixed my broken leg. Yeah. Like, no, he's not a, tra- he's a trained doctor. Yeah. But even then, like maybe go to a different doctor. Um, anyways, just go to therapy. If you really feel like if you're thinking you should, you probably should. Because you're not yeah. going to have an, you might have a negative experience, but you're not going to regret going to a therapist and finding the right one. Right. You will, I will say pretty broadly that you'll never regret that because it's going to have a net positive effect on your life. Right. And like we've said plenty of times, and we'll say it plenty more times, is you are worth it. If you feel like you you need help, just ask. Mm-hmm. And there are plenty of therapists out there in the world for you. And we've talked about that before. We've talked about resources and all that. And if you need resources, if you need help, reach out to us and we'll point you in the right direction that you need to go. Absolutely. And so we hope you learned something new. And if you did, drop us a like, leave a comment, leave a rating and review, and we'll talk to you Thursday. See you guys. What about, what about therapy? What about, what about therapy? What about, what about therapy? Yeah. What about, what about therapy? What about, what about therapy? What about, what about therapy? Yeah. What about, what about therapy? 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 Yeah.